mayhaps, yes. All right, so let's talk about this. Um, I want to start this intro off a little bit differently than I did the first episode, um, mostly because that felt just a little more, like I was trying to be more buttoned up and, I don't know, like professional-ish maybe? I don't know, like have, have more of a consistent, succinct introduction. Um, and it just didn't feel authentic, so I think this time I'm just going to riff for a little bit and we're going to see what happens because that seems to be the the theme of this whole thing is let's just let's just do some shit and see what happens. Um, the second episode is with my good friend Alan Mendoza and we met through some sort of random circumstances in terms of like me looking for a place, the place that I initially w was looking at via Craigslist didn't work out and I got sent over to live in this big house with a bunch of guys that were really lovely people and um, Alan and I ended up becoming good friends and still are like after having moved out of that house a couple years ago or however long it's been but we've known each other for a good like four years now um, and he's a lovely human who does a lot of different things um, I admire him a lot and um, yeah we had a really good conversation it's it's always it's interesting just to have these sort of conversations that I've had a million times with close friends of mine, but now we're recording it. So I'm excited to see just what folks think about it and what comes of it. So please like share your thoughts and opinions and all those sort of things. I'm excited to see how it comes off to each individual human that takes a look. So let's see what happens and I hope you enjoy. Oh yes, and one more thing. This is what lies between a qualitative inquiry into whatever the fuck it is we're doing here. That's it. <laughs> First of all, how does it feel just being here, like and doing it? I, I, I don't know. Like I know you're you have some experience being recorded, but not so much in this kind of setting. Yeah, no, not so much in a talking setting. Mm -hmm. It's more musically, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's. I'm glad to see you're doing it. It's been fun so far. Yeah. I've done one one episode, and I'm excited to, I don't know, see where this leads, because it's been, gotten some interesting feedback so far, and it's been cool to see, like, how different people perceive, like, the conversations within it. Like, I'll experience it one way, having this conversation with you, and then someone else will come in and be like, take that same bit and be like, I got this meaning out of it. Ah, okay. And, yeah, and that's like... I don't know, still figuring out what the hell this is. Yeah. But that's kind of the closest I can come to what it is, like all that shit in between that happens, you know? Yeah, that's good. Um, it'll take some time, but it'll all fall in. You'll get your rhythm and really catch a stride and just go for it then. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I like to begin really broad. And the thing that I want to ask you, just to kick it off, is um, who are you? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, I, I was like, I was thinking of that question before. I was like, this one's going to be fun to ask a lot oh, in particular. man. Who is you? I'm just a dude, man. Just just a guy trying to make it in this cruel world. <laughs> no, I, I don't know, man. I that's so vague. Oh. Here, let me let me ask you like wh well when I think when I ask that like how how do you like define yourself, you know, like what sort of things do you do you think about yourself? Mm. That's a good question. I've never really 
thought about it. Mm. I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is like a jack of all trades slash master of none. Okay. That was like the first thing that popped to my mind, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What are you trying to say? I, I just I just love that. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but yeah, um, other than that, I don't know, man. I'm just trying to keep my head above water. Mm. Trying to, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's, I'm really bad at this, apparently. Nah, you are <laughs> you are doing great so far. Oh, okay. Wait. There's like I don't know, like and, and just throwing this out there there's no like wrong right or wrong answers because yeah. i mean shit like this what i want this to come across is just like like a conversation like we would always have it yeah except sure. we just happen to be have headphones and mics i don't in think you've us. ever asked me who i am i know <laughs> that's the it's funny i think about that a lot and like the differences between a regular because there's differences right mm-hmm. like i would love to to say like oh yeah this is just like us shooting the shit but like we can't help but notice that there's cameras and that like someone else might Where? see this Good. Yeah, yeah, I like that attitude a whole lot. I wish I could do that, but I can't. <laughs> but um, yeah, like so, I I'm, I am gonna ask you things that I might not ask. Yeah, that's fine. But I also think that this sort of venue or this sort of medium gives, like, creates a new context from which like those questions almost become more appropriate. Because like, if I'm coming to your over your place, I'm like, hey, Lon, um, I was just thinking, who are you? you know like (laughs) for sure but here we can examine a little bit more and in the jack of all trades sort of thing i love that you said that because when i was thinking about recording this with you one of the things that came to mind when i think of you is someone who i I see you as an explorer Mm, i'll take it like and and that sort of and jack of all trades i think speaks to that because you are someone who i see as exploring a lot of different domains in life and like just seeing where that leads. Can you speak at all to that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, I've been asked this before, especially like, I'd say that I I just enjoy learning. Mm. And when I say jack of all trades, you lived through it whenever we lived together. Mm. That, when we just talked about this outside right now, I'm very ADD. And I enjoy learning, so you put those things together and uh, my attention will be caught on something, um, how to do something. Like the last big thing I'd say would be making mead. Mm -hmm. Like I had mead once before, and I was like, this is good, and then someone convinced me that I should make mead, and now I have like 40-some bottles at home. (laughs) And uh, and it's just like that. Like I, I did several months of that and it was cool mm-hmm. and I learned how to do it and now it's like died off mm-hmm. um also because I don't want to buy another wine rack <laughs> but uh, there's but logistics to think yeah, about. There, yeah. <laughs> but but I mean it, it's stuff like that like I I just get very involved in something learn it and then move on to the next thing and you know it, I see that as a good and bad thing mm the good thing is like I'm learning and now I have some bit of information about that subject or about that thing. So when it's brought up in life, it's like, Oh, I can relate to this. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's been brought up whenever, you know, I've talked with random people and they, they talk about brewing stuff and I'm like, Oh, you know, I know exactly what he's talking about. Um, the bad thing is (laughs) that I wish I could just stick to something. And I have, you know, throughout my life, I, there are certain things that I've stuck with, 
but but yeah i guess it's not too bad of a thing um in my opinion it does get expensive depending <laughs> depending on the hobby it gets pretty expensive because you know i throw myself into it and then months later a year later i move on yeah something else well, i mean that's that's actually i mean that's something that i very much admire about you and like that was one of the things that like you know we started off as roommates but you're not always friends with your roommates but that's one of the things that drew me to you as someone because it's like you i love that you you stick with something long enough to really like get a get a perception into that world yeah. and whatever it is and i'm curious of like has any of your many jacks or your many, your many jacks your many trades has anything ever come up that was like unexpected to where you like made some association between like what you have been involved with and what was going on in the conversation does that make sense no can you um regis can you give me another explanation of that please? yeah um Sorry. No, you're good. Uh, sometimes, sometimes I ask things, and I, I just like hoping that, like, by the time I'm done talking, you'll be like, yeah, yeah, like I've got things to say to that, like, so that yeah, that's what we're <laughs> that's what we're trying to do. Um, yeah, like, just so you made an example about like talking to someone about brewing, right? Like, mm -hmm. that's a pretty expected thing. Like, we are directly talking about brewing, so yeah. like, yes, like mead brewing is going to come to mind right um but i'm guess i guess like in any circumstance any conversation anytime you've been just like out and about in the world doesn't even have to be involving other people that's something whether you know some of the things that come to mind you were you're you um are involved in music heavily you have done a lot of different cooking things you make you make some amazing sauces um freaking mead photography all those things like does any of those things sort of come up in your day-to-day -day life in a like unexpected way i can't really think of how they would or how they have other than just randomly like that guy is talking about brewing and just random stuff like that where i'll come into a conversation about photography that's like the big one because a lot of people do photography sure um or music because you know we live in Austin. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean those are expected, you know, those Okay. When I'm out and about, usually I'm at a venue or with friends who are also musicians and at, yeah, so I can't really think of a way that it's like incorporated its way into my world unexpectedly. Okay. No, that's fair. I'm also really bad of coming or with coming up with things off the top of my head. Did I say that correctly? Mhm. Mm okay, good. Um, but yeah, I'll shout it out during this, this conversation. If I, if something comes to my head. Yeah. Yeah. If it does, it, maybe, you know. maybe something to just hang on to. Um, well, cause part of the, part of what, um, inspired that question is that right before we came in here, you were talking about bringing your camera with you everywhere mm -hmm. and finding those things. And while like, I feel like you know, uh, with a camera that may, things unexpected may not be the right term because it's like anything can be taken a picture of just about, you know, anything mm -hmm. physical at least. And so I, maybe to make, make a more direct question would be to ask, what are some of the things that you have seen or experienced that you wish you had your camera there for? Oh shit, man. Tons. 
And it's usually, I mean, it's it's nothing notable or specific. I'm a fan of lighting. So it's mm-hmm. usually something where I'm walking and I just see like beautiful lighting. Rays coming through tree leaves or the way the sun's hitting the sidewalk with a certain shadow. That Those are the kinds of things that like I would love to capture and I wish I had my camera in order to do it. You know, iPhones don't really do it. And that also like takes the fun of it away. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's just tons of things. Also, being with friends um, on events or when we're out doing something, mm-hmm. there's a lot of times where I'll see what I think would be a good shot and wish I had my camera. And that's why I'm trying to take it everywhere. Mm. Um, <coughs> like I said to you, I keep buying cameras. And so <laughs> if I keep buying them, I need to use them. And there's a reason I keep buying different film cameras and I think film photographers would know but when you shoot film it's the film speed is a certain it's uh, best way to explain film speed is how sensitive the film is to light Mm -hmm. so there's some film that is very sensitive to light and that's going to be a higher ISO and then some speed that's not, which is a lower ISO. Mm-hmm. Digital cameras, we can change that ISO on a whim. Film cameras, you have 36 exposures, and you cannot change that ISO. So right now I have 400 speed in my camera, which would be good for like normal day stuff, maybe some low-light photography, but I couldn't really take that into a concert and shoot that. Right. So... That's my excuse for buying multiple cameras. Is that way I can have a camera for each ISO, mm-hmm. and then you have black and white or color. So I have a camera specifically for color and a camera specifically for black and white. Mm-hmm. So that's my excuse for spending money. <laughs> hey, it sounds and like I'm a good excuse. To it, or I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> you'd uh, you'd mentioned before something about uh, it takes the fun away from it. Like, what's fun about that? What what is the fun of about it? shooting manual? Yeah, um, you have to think. Uh, which normally isn't fun, but for me, it's fun to think about the shot and to see it in your head. And then this is all like quickly. It's all on spur of the moment. I see something in my head. Like if I'm looking and I do see my friend in good lighting, I instantly think, how do I want that shot? this is how I get that shot. And then I dial in those settings and then get that shot. Hopefully we'll see whenever mm-hmm. I'm like a month, whenever I develop the film. <laughs> a little delayed gratification yeah, for well, you. Yeah. So, uh, it's just, it's more fun to think about the shot and you can be way more creative. I mean, iPhones, it's, it's great having a smartphone with a camera in our pocket because we mm-hmm. can capture those moments of like our children taking their first steps and mm-hmm. random funny stuff. That's why the internet's, blown up with dumb shit it's because people have cameras in their phones and they sure. can easily take that so 100 percent, I, lo- I love cameras for that yeah but when it comes to photography it's all automatic on on our phones and you can get some cool shots that way but mm-hmm. really thinking about the shots and trying to because with manual you can get one shot several different ways depending on how your camera's set mm-hmm 
So it's just more of the creative aspect to it. Yeah, as you're talking about that, one of the things that comes to mind is that like with um, with your phone, you know, kind of the colloquial, colloquial, I, never, I have so much trouble saying that word. It's fine. But like the lay, the lay, you said it fine. The layperson's version of photography is like you're capturing more moments that where the detail isn't as important. Whereas photography, yeah. like the little, the all the itty bitty like adjustments and tweaks that you make to those things, that's a big part of the creative process and has more, adds more. The word meaning comes to comes to mind, but yeah. meaning to the photo because those those tiny details can add a lot. For sure, and it, it's when you said that, it made me think. I'm the worst. Like when a group of a group of people come up and say, hey, can you take a photo of us? And then someone's like, yeah, he's a photographer. And I'm like, <laughs> no, nah, dude, I suck at like these group shots. I don't know how women want to be shot. You know, apparently it's up and angling down. I don't know, man. So in that realm, it's just a shot capturing a moment. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like the photography I enjoy, um, I typically wouldn't like a great way to say it is I typically wouldn't take my film camera to a wedding or an event to where I just want to capture the moment and mm-hmm. just, you know, all of it. I would take it if I wanted, if I like, didn't know the person and just wanted to like get some weird ass shots mm-hmm. of some cool shit. Um, if, does that make any sense? That makes a whole lot of <laughs> sense. And it like, it makes me think about like, yeah, it's like the, the personalization of it. It's like, yeah, and photography and wh- how you're describing it, like those details and everything matters. And and the layperson's photography, it's um, capturing moments, but they're more personal. That that mean that meanings lies lies there. Yeah. Um, would you say that it's like like objectifying the world in general? I know that can be kind of an icky word, but like just like making objects out of everything that you see, including people. Yeah. Um, making subjects. Ah, there you go. That's a, that's a much better word. Yeah. And I'd say yes, because sometimes, you know, I have a shit ton of film in my fridge and I don't burn through it as quickly as I wish I could. One, because of the time and two, because it gets expensive. But, when the weather's nice, I do push myself to load a roll, have my backpack with my cameras and a roll or two, and then mm-hmm. I'll go downtown. And my goal for that day is to burn through a roll or two. And when you're in that mindset of walking around with only one objective, and that's photography, you start seeing things in a different light and you start making subjects out of a bench or out of shit you would just normally walk by. And that's, it's hard to put myself in that. I love street photography. I love, like I follow so many accounts on Instagram and I love just scrolling through and I have a shit ton saved too. Um, But it's hard for me to put myself in that mindset when I'm just normally walking around, which is why I'm trying to carry my camera around. Mm -hmm. So that way I can get used to putting myself in that mindset. Like if I'm going to go meet my friend like I am later, I don't know where we're going to meet, but while I'm walking to whatever place we're meeting, mm-hmm. I want to be able to like keep my eye out for that type of thing. 
if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like your camera is not only like a tool for taking the pictures and everything, but to like put you into that mindset of where yeah. you where you need to be in order to like see the things that you need to see to turn it into like your creative work. Yeah, and you know, some I've gone I've done the downtown thing where I take a camera downtown several times in mm-hmm. out of 36 exposures, I'll get like two cool photos. And the rest are kind of like, eh, yeah, that's cool, that's cool. But um, sometimes I've gotten lucky, and I've just, I I don't know if it's my mindset for the day mm. or just great lighting and all of that stuff. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's why I'm trying to carry it around, just to get used to putting myself in that mindset. Yeah, do you reflect on that, like, that, that mindset, like, what, what, like, sort of things led to you getting those shots like no i wouldn't say i reflect on it um overall it's just kind of like what i said to where Mm -hmm. i push myself to go out and push myself to see in that way gotcha um but yeah i don't reflect other than that okay no cool like what what got you into like seeing things in that way? Like, I guess photography in general, but like, I'm kind of curious the pers- pers- uh, progression of that. Um, I mean, I've, I've just always kind of been into that shit. Um, well, always like you didn't, you weren't born like that. Like, where, where did, it, where did it begin though? Sure, I, I wasn't born that way, but I mean, it goes back to like elementary and middle school. Okay. Looking at, <sighs> I have I mentioned I'm ADD. <laughs> um, you're preaching to the fucking wh- choir over while, <laughs> while the teacher is lecturing on something I have a textbook open and I'm just looking at photos and I remember one mm. specific photo um, and I, I don't even fucking remember it, it's history I love history but I want to say this is um, Vietnam maybe it's the one where the lady's holding the bag in front of the tank God damn, what war was that? I'm gonna... It's some some war in Asia, either Vietnam or Korea. Um, Did, was that me? Did I do anything? No, I'm just hoping that Are we're still re- still recording. I mean, we are. Maybe maybe that... I think that light just went out. All right, well... Um, let me go turn that on real yeah. quick. <laughs> I was like, oh, God... We'll be back after these messages. Oh, it's a touch thing? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, the the only problem with that uh with that light is it the progression is brighter as you go. So it's like it's like you'll have it on dim and being getting ready to go to bed and you'll have to hit it really fast so you don't like blind yourself (laughs) before you're trying to go to bed. But anyway, later with lady with the uh rice in front of the tank. Rice. She's holding bags. Um, I don't know why rice came. I don't know why either, but (laughs) they could have been full of rice. I don't know. (laughs) But I just remember looking at that, and I I am just huge into history, so usually it happened when a book with photos from history is in front of me, Mm -hmm. where I'm completely ignoring the lecture and (laughs) fixated on this photo and what this photo meant and who took that photo and did they know, you know, they just saw something, they just saw that shot and they were like, oh, that's a great shot. I doubt any of them really thought like this is going down in history, except for right. like I- Iwo Jima or something. But um, 
but yeah, so I, I've always been interested in photography and images that capture my attention and lead me down a thought process of some sort. So I don't really know when it started. It just slowly progressed into what it is now. Yeah. I know in high school I took photo J. That's probably, I guess, if we're talking about where it started, that's probably what really like fueled the fire. Um, and I loved slash hated that class. I loved the photography part of it. I mm-hmm. hated the journalism part. I hated the, uh, the fucking work we had to do and the yearbook and going to shoot the football games. And it is, you know, but it, but it, it got me out of class and I was able to like walk around. Uh, our high school was uh, agriculture based. That was our magnet program. Okay. And so we had a, you know, a big barn. It was an ag program. Um, so I remember me and some friends who were in that class would just, you know, we had our photo J pass and we're able to walk around and we would just go like lay out in the grass and hang out. We had our cameras with us, you know, if we wanted to take shots, we could take shots, but it, it just, it was that freedom. And I think, I don't know if it was junior year or senior, junior, it had to have been junior year. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where I learned how to do darkroom stuff and where I learned how to shoot manual, which was the biggest thing, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's probably when it started. Like having the, it went from like having, it seems like you were inspired by the pictures that you would see, because they would evoke whatever they evoked or thoughts, whatever it may be. And then later on you then uh, were taught this, the actual skill to be able to do that yourself. Yeah. Yeah, my photos were shit back then. I mean, I still think half my photos are shit, but, but yeah, back then it was just all trial and error. Yeah. And, oh man, one thing I really regretted was being in that class, we had access to film and there was like a fridge full of film and it was HP five plus, which is now like $10 a roll. Mm-hmm. But we had access to like unlimited film. And I did mm. not take advantage of it. And now I wish I had taken advantage of now it. Now you got to pay for it. Oh, it's so <laughs> expensive, man. It's, it's a dying art, and I really wish it wasn't. <coughs> I, have, I mean, it has this resurgence right now. It's coming back. People are doing it more. And you can tell because lenses online have gone up a ridiculous amount. Cameras have gone up a ridiculous amount. Um, but still... I think it stops at a certain point. I think film is coming back. Mm-hmm. But the art of darkroom photography and wet printing is still kind of stagnant. And it's unfortunate because I was able to buy chemistry from our Photoshop here, Precision Camera. Mm-hmm. They had pretty much everything I needed. And then slowly, I started seeing the supply dwindle and dwindle and dwindle. Uh, and it wasn't until like three weeks, four weeks, maybe a month ago, that I went in for some paper developing chemistry. And they no longer carried it. And I called everywhere in Austin, and nobody carries it. Oh, wow. And it's a, it's a pain in the ass because I, you know, I, I kind of have like a little freak out because I know this chemical and I know that's the one I want to use. That's 
that's the one I'm used to. I know how to work with it. I know how it develops. I want to use that one. There's other options out there, but that's not what I want. And it's unfortunate because I can't just go pick it up now. I have to order it. And I did order it. And it was left in my mailbox oh, in 106-degree no. <laughs> weather. This is, like, chemical that's, you know, reactive to temperature. You have to yeah. develop stuff at a certain temperature. Mm-hmm. And it's left in 106. I mean, it was 106 degrees outside. I'm sure that mail community mailbox was much hotter. Inside. Oh, yeah. So it's just one of those things where I'm kind of – I'm seeing it get harder and harder. I mean, I'm glad film's still available. But – the other side of it, the darkroom stuff, is getting much harder to to come across. Mm. What do you think is lost in, like, if if that say say darkroom photography like does die, like no one doesn't does do it anymore? What do you think is lost? It's only lost for us who know how to do it, um, because you can do way more with Photoshop. You can do so much more with Photoshop than you can with darkroom stuff. Okay. But it, it's just the art of creating with your hands um, and not software. Hmm. It's different, you know? It's, it's, I don't know how else to explain it. <coughs> when I do a print, every single print's different. I don't know if I talked to you about this. We've talked about it a yeah. little bit. Every single print's different because, sure, the time exposure... The time I expose the paper might be the same, but, and this is on a very small scale, the more paper I put through that developer, the weaker it gets. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And if I do any dodging or burning, then all of that is going to be completely different because every time I do it, it's not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about it. It's, a pain in the ass, but like a good pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. I'll spend like five or six hours doing darkroom stuff, and my back is killing me, and my feet hurt, and you know I'm just tired, and I smell like fucking vinegar because of those chemicals smell. But I'm able to like step back and look at the prints I did, and see all the shit ones I did, you know, with my mistakes and when I was trying to figure it out, and then the good ones where I finally figured out my timing for everything and mm-hmm. got some solid prints out of it. So mm-hmm. to really like it, it to normal people who don't know the difference, it won't change a damn thing. It's really to us who enjoy it and us who appreciate it and understand what it takes to, to do that. I guess you have to have appreciation for it in order to miss it when it's gone. Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it sounds like it's very much for you. Oh, yeah. Like, is any part of it for other folks? I'll do prints for subjects I shoot and people I shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think I've given out anything that's not bodyscape stuff. I don't think I've given out. It's all, you know, of my dog or of a building and that type of shit. Um so yeah, no, it's really just for me. Mm. Do you think you would continue doing it if the if like it became just like unviable to do the darkroom stuff? My stubborn ass would say yes, <laughs> because I don't like losing. I don't like 
if I enjoy something, I don't like it being taken away with from me without my input. Mm-hmm. And I really can't do shit about, you know, I don't, do, I don't make these chemicals. I can't sure. do anything like that. Eventually they'll go away, but someone's going to be out there who really enjoys this more than me creating new chemicals and new chemistry to do darkroom stuff. And I might jump on that train. Who knows? I mean, it depends on how expensive it gets, but, but yeah, who knows? Yeah. That's, that's a cool, that's a cool thought though, that like, I don't know, there's someone out there who enjoys it even more than you that will like make it themselves or like figure out, figure out some way to do that. Oh, and there's already people who are doing that. And, uh, you know, I'm still new to this game. There's people who develop rolls of film with like tea bags and lemon and hmm. oh, I forget what else they put in that shit. And you know, they're not the best pictures, but it's more of the art form. You know, they're not developing these pictures to to sell or anything, but the shots you get from the using lemon and tea to develop your roll of film just makes it whole different unique experience you could have this trash piece of film that you just shot like your cat you used all 36 exposures of your cat and none of them were creative and then you put it through this process of using tea bags and lemon and all of a sudden it becomes something completely different mm. and it makes it way more interesting yeah that's uh this is a little a little divergence but like all of this is making me think about um so I just went on that solo camping trip this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And did you see my Instagram story that I posted the other day? Yeah. But so like that first one where I was like, you know, we, uh, one thing I love about us that will uh, fucking exert energy to get to the top of things just to be like, look at that shit. Yeah. And that sounds like photography too. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're really like exerting all this time and energy and all this stuff just to be like for yourself, just like, just to observe some some beauty and some something something that you had to put in work to to get there yeah i mean that's that's, that's a lot of fucking work <laughs> but uh but yeah i enjoy it it's it's one of those things where like if no one ever sees my shit i'm completely fine with that because yeah. i i still enjoy looking not I don't want to say I enjoy looking at what I did because I do, but that's not what it's about. I enjoy, I follow a lot of Instagram photographers. Not that, that came out wrong. They're not, (laughs) they're not Instagram photographers. They're photographers on Instagram, (laughs) but I follow a lot of that. And you know, it'll just be a random ass shot of like a car in black and white. Mm -hmm. And I'll just stare at it for like 30 seconds and soak it all in. And you know, so I do the same thing with my shots. I like other people's shots better because it's, you don't see how the sausage is made, if that makes mm. sense, you know? You kind of lose that lust or that, um, not lust, it's like recording studio stuff. You look at Dark Side and you, you look at all these famous, sonically amazing albums and you're like, wow, that's crazy. How did they get there? But if you were actually sitting in on the session and, you know, David Gilmore is doing like 30 fucking guitar takes, eventually you're just going to be kind of like, mm, yeah. you know. <laughs> so it, it's 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 that thing. I like looking at other people's work 
and I appreciate it because I didn't spend six hours in the dark room doing that type of stuff. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm sure someone out there does the same with mine. Really, I have imposter syndrome because it's like I'm still learning mm-hmm. every day. I, you know, every shoot I have, I'm nervous because I, you know, it's like, well, my lighting doesn't go well. And when you're working with a person, you don't want them in an uncomfortable position for too long. Yeah. And watching you flail and try to figure your shit out, you know, so. It's uh, it's gonna happen. I've gotten used to it. Sure. But still, it's one of those things. Yeah, I mean that sounds like uh, like what a lot of art is, right? Like a constant learning process. Like you're never done learning. Yeah. About it. Although I guess that's that's sort of <laughs> analogous uh, to life in general. But um, when you're talking about you don't want to see how the sausage is made. I feel like an analogy that I draw with that is with comedy. Like it loses all of its power of humor when you start to explain the joke. Yeah. Or like, um, or when you, you just put yourself in that, a fly on the wall situation where someone's your favorite comedians writing their jokes and they're like pacing around in their house and they'll blot things down and, and, and then they stand in front of the mirror and try to put it all together and make it like flow. And I find interest in those things. I like learning about those things, how how the sausage is made. But it also does take away some mm-hmm. of that lackluster. That's the word I was trying to. Even if that, I don't even know if that's the right one. But I don't really know what that means. We're gonna go with it. We're gonna say it was the perfect word. I yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Because I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> about, but. <laughs> but yeah, it's like I mentioned um, being there for a Pink Floyd recording session. Don't get me wrong, I would fucking love that. I would love to see and hear every little take and hear how songs came together. It's like the Beatles anthology. You would hear the first versions of songs and then you hear like a second version of the song. And you're like, oh yeah, there's, they added that now and I recognize that part. And then you hear the final product, and that's cool. I love that. But I don't know. I guess whenever it's just your stuff, it – I don't know. I just feel like that imposter syndrome or whatever it's called. Because even whenever I do, like, recording sessions, like, I'll add some stuff in there and sneak sneak it in. Mm-hmm. Like the harp. Yeah. And, <laughs> That's um, exactly what yeah, came to mind. <laughs> like, like the harp. And uh, and to me, I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things where I, I'm like, I don't know, that works. You know, it might work. But if someone were to tell me that they, like I told you, you know, I added that harp, and it, it would just blow my mind. And I'd be like, oh, that's so cool. Like, what made you think of that? Really, it was me on fucking YouTube, like trying to find a harp in that key. And just sampled it and so it's how sausages made you know but that's so cool though too because like those little things is something i was talking to alex with about like those little things like wow you as the creator like have this have you know this you have this you could tell the story of like how that ended up in there right but to someone else like that could make like that can make a world of difference and like what that sound means oh yeah absolutely yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm curious of like, 
I mean, because you are also a musician, and like, um, that's something I'm so interested in is like meaning through sound. You know, can you like this is so broad, and I don't really have like a specific question for you, but like meaning through sound in terms of like just um, maybe maybe I could a little a little direction be like um, and when you're playing music or you're adding things do you is that something you think about whenever you're doing that meaning yeah no not necessarily okay I'm not that deep of a person um, feeling yes which is a cousin of meaning I guess yeah, can you can you talk about that? Because I'm I'm well, curious yeah, like, the dif- how that different differentiates for you. I guess a way to explain it would be. Recently, I've been listening to Mozart's Requiem a lot, and I couldn't tell you what the fuck that means. I couldn't tell you what they're singing about. I couldn't tell you what the story is. I just know how it makes me feel. The different mm-hmm. movements, how I can, you know, they're speaking in Italian, and I don't know what the fuck they're saying, but I know what they're saying by the music. Yeah. So to me, that's more feeling, and I'm not really thinking about the meaning of it. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think um, what I and hearing you say that, I think what I meant was feeling. Yeah. And I think and I I sometimes think of meaning. And feeling sort of just being well, music can have way. meaning too. It's just I've never been one to, I've never been a lyrics person. Um, there are probably still some Beatles songs today that I'll look up lyrics and be like, oh, that's what the fuck he's saying. <laughs> I have no idea, but I can sing yeah. a melody in any Beatles song. You know, uh, I'm very much more of a melody and musical. That's a horrible way to describe it, but. <laughs> Just melody. I'm very much a melody guy, and lyrics come very last for me, mm-hmm. which is why I can't write songs. I, I, I They're all fucking sappy, and really obvious. Just very obvious, because... Like direct. Because I'm, I've never been a poet. You know, I've never... Sure. I don't read much. I don't listen to lyrics, so words don't come to me like that. You know, whereas I can sit down and put some notes together and make it sound a certain way. And, you know, I'll be, I'll be fine with that. But then I, I need someone to write lyrics because their minds are like, went to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a beautiful song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You know, as you were talking about that, one thing that came to mind was um, I remember when we first met, um, one of the things that I asked you after finding out that you – played music and because that's one of the th- first things that like Trevor was like hey you need to be okay because like everyone here is a musician mm-hmm. we're going to be playing music all the time and I remember asking you like oh like what uh what genre of music is your band and you were like I fucking I hate, hate that, that question, question. <laughs> I hate that question I saw I saw a fucking meme on Instagram the other day about making fun of musicians who hate that question um and that that, that meme was just very sarcastic because they, they put the musician in the light of like it's hard to describe what we do type of thing. For me, I just, I hate that question because I suck at genres. I don't believe in all the sub genres, which I know, I know they okay. exist. Like, I, I, it's hard to say I don't believe in them. I just don't care. 
Okay. About him. So we can ask what we play. I'm, I'm just going to say rock. Yeah. And other people are going to be like, oh, you know, it's like post 9-11 rock core. And I don't know what the fuck any of that means, man. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I just, just rock. So it's it's hard when I get asked that question still to this day. Um, I'll just say rock. No, but you, the, the like... The post nine eleven fucking just coming, um, like in you describing the feeling of music and the way that it sounds like you experience music through that feeling, like feelings are objectively hard to describe, like, like I think that's why music is so important as a description hmm. for musicians because it's it's like the fourth dimension of describing yourself you know without mm. words without sometimes words but for me without words uh you're able to express your feelings in a completely different way yeah so there's this um i was listening to i've been listening to the audiobook of um this book called the master and his emissary and one of the things that they talk about in there is the origins of music versus language. And I don't know if I've brought this up to you before, because you seem like someone I would bring it up to just based on our conversations. Mm-hmm. But is that something like I'm because I'm curious what you think of, like, what do you think came first, music or language? I could say something really deep and say, what's the difference? But I honestly have no fucking clue. Hey, that's fair, too. Um, oh, shit. Maybe language. Who knows? Who knows? But I don't know, man. That's a really hard one. I mean, apparently it's a pretty uh, – it's been a pretty long uh, – has a long debate history yeah. of that. And How the fuck's debating that? Like, seriously, like – because what's the answer? Do we have the answer? Well, it's, uh, like, I don't think you can ever know the answer. Yeah. It's usually, like, pretty much everything that exists in, uh, and, you know, I don't want to say this with any degree of certainty, but there's no degree of certainty in many of the things that we talk about. Like, yeah. And that's something we, especially in the scientific community, you just kind of accept. Like, a lot of it's based on probability. Like, physics, you might be able to say to, like, a pretty high degree of certainty that, like, you know, when you drop something, it's going to fall at this speed, right? Like, because you can measure it with numbers. But, like, with language and, um, like, that language and music thing, it's, like, based on anthropology, history, fucking fossil records, like, painting, you know, all the things that we have access to. Yeah. Or thinking about the functions of the things that are involved that we do know about. Like, we know about, like, the way that our, like... Um, you know, esophagus, throat, lungs, all those things that contribute to us having a voice, um, how they function and mm-hmm. like how far back we see that sort of structure that um, um, denotes like how those, or that gives us clues to how those things do functions, right? Yeah. Um, and one of the things that this author talks about, and he's citing some other stuff that people people uh, think about uh, or write about or whatever, is um, how... And I, this is the argument that I think I believe in, is that I, I would say music came first. Because music and... You're a, wrong. Um, there we go. All right, conversation <laughs> over. <kidding>. <laughs> Why? Uh, because 
we've had emotions and feelings way longer than language event like spoken language and when i say language i mean like like what we kind of understand as language now like forming words and yeah. stuff and like and a lot of the theories go to like maybe we first like started communicating with sound because like i can go hmm or I go hmm and like that means completely you can derive some meaning from that like based on Ooh, you know what i'm saying something just popped into my head oh please share we're really the only species that has language in our form um which is putting words together for meaning but like birds they sing might be their way of communicating but that's i'm I'm, I'm gonna switch my answer and say music right like because it's like and you think of like whales fucking um dolphins like it's all like communicating through like it's not words and stuff it's sounds and like and even in our speech, like I can say like, have a good day, or I can say have a good day. Like like even in just like adjusting that like inflection and yeah. stuff like that can change the meaning of it. And I think that's 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 a lot of like, part of that is sort of um, a little bit of the the what lies between stuff is like how we communicate those things. And like I think it's important to ask those questions of like. Did music or language come first? Because that can tell a lot of tell us a lot about ourselves. Yeah, you know, um, I don't know exactly where I was going with that, but I was kind of curious what thoughts would come to mind. But it's a it's a hard one. <laughs> Who knows, man? I think we're out of our depth a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. That's okay uh, too. I don't know, chicken curry, man. Can I uh can I get you to try something? Yeah. I'll get some good crackles into the mic too, you know. Get some ASMR. Fuck. What do we have here? Okay, this is a salted, dry plum. Fuck, I'm making a mess. Am I supposed to suck on it? <laughs> I started trying to chew, and I was like, "That doesn't Don't work." Don't chew on it. It's a pit. With like a little bit of plum. It's so good. Oh. I really good with beer. I don't drink beer anymore, but oh, but they're so good. They are so good. Thoughts? It's so salty. It's so salty. I'm salivating so much. I know. No. This is gonna make some great sound. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck! I feel like this is something that um, ASMR people probably have used these. Maybe. I love them for a weird way. I'm also addicted to salt. So, well, it seems like a, like a sunflower, sunflower seeds sort yeah. of sort of deal. You know, I can like see that. people aren't fucking sitting there chewing on sunflower seeds because they like want to get nutrition out of them. You know yeah. what I mean? No, I don't know. It's kind of making my mou- mouth feel weird. You can spit it out. Yeah, I'm gonna throw it away. Mm. Oh, I'm gonna keep mine in for you folks. Enjoy. Um, <laughs> like all of the feedback <laughs> in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is getting like juicy, both literally and figuratively. Um, where to go from here? What you got on that notepad? Well, it's mostly very, very uh, vague things, but... Why are you gay? <laughs> <laughs> That's all it says. Just a bunch of, just why are you gay? Multiple times. Yeah. Um, 
Maybe we can. Oh, green tea and salted plums. That's what. Like I've got some spearmint spearmint tea, Mm. and it's. Um, I I think I might have to wash it down with some of that. God, my mouth is so fucking salty right now. You're welcome. Um. One like I really wanted to focus on the uh, or like the big idea that I wanted to come into this conversation with was the exploration part, and. Oh, yeah. One of the questions that I was thinking of earlier while you were talking was, so there seems to be certain things that have, well, because you had mentioned, you had mentioned that um, you tend to like get locked into something and like go down the rabbit hole for a little bit. And then you're like, okay, well, I'm done for different reasons and that sort of things. Um, Why do you think music, because I know like music and photography seem to be those like mainstays. Who knows, man? Music. I've always been a fan of music grew up that way my dad pushed it on us as kids not like too hard but um definitely pushed music on us he was a fan of music and so it's just always been in our blood my sister's a good singer she used to play piano Mm. so i don't know why that one stuck around but i'm okay with it um yeah because let me just ask it ask this um how does music stay stay how is music in your life now like what give me a like a picture of that because like i know for like in terms of like i know you're in a band Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but like what how how is music weave its way into your life now it's less it's it's in my life less i've i'm more of the consumer now Mm. um you know i am in a band originally a drummer switched to bass which I really enjoy because I can stand up and um, it's just different, you know. Drumming is fun. Don't get me wrong. I really miss it. But I just wanted to give something else a try. And bass is it's, it's a marriage between drums and bass. So it just seemed like the right place to go. So as far as that, that's how music is still in my life. But yeah. I don't do recordings anymore. I'll do the odd running of sound or odd recording every once in a while. What do you mean by recording? Like that's a like give me um, a specific like being the audio engineer and recording. Gotcha. Music. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the marriage between the bass and drums because I actually learned that 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 was even a thing from you because I remember coming to the first time I came to one of your shows and I think afterwards you had said well i'd noticed during that you were spending a lot of time like looking at the drummer mm-hmm. um and i remember talking to you afterwards and also also i would say that like it's like the sound was a little off in general like it was like i don't know i can't describe sounds very well but then i talked to you afterwards and you were like yeah we basically had to like keep like communicating like mm-hmm. by nodding to each other or like keep you know when you're watching his sticks yeah. That way I can see his tempo. Yeah. I imagine <laughs> being a drummer probably helped a lot with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's very – it is nice to be a drummer and be in a band where you're not the drummer. Because one – oh, this is so salty. <laughs> 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 one, hearing my two guitarists try to explain drum things to my drummer – we just look at each other and we laugh. And it's like these fucking idiots. They have no idea what they're talking about. I love that. Yeah. And two, you know, 
we have that bond. We we know what we're talking about whenever we talk about a certain hi-hat clutch or something. You know, we I know exactly. <laughs> you just spoke Chinese. Exactly. <laughs> and I didn't know you knew Mandarin. <laughs> guitars guitars know what it is, but like they don't, you know. Yeah. And so it's just that connection, that bond that we have both being drummers. I'm very much able to explain how I want a certain part. And I'll nice thing is I can just say, Hey, let me borrow your sticks and I'll play it and he'll understand it. You know, versus hearing a guitarist go, you know, it's a boom 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 and then the drummer is just like, What the fuck was that? <laughs> Drums don't make that sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's benefits for sure. Um and Jake's pretty good at picking up on those things. Yeah, it's like y'all have your own like y'all y'all are just speaking uh not a different language, but uh, you're able kind to... Kind of. Yeah. Not, not really. Well, if you're talking about drums and bass, then yes, kind of. Because we're the rhythm section. Mm-hmm. So it's like other musicians, like classical musicians, most will be on the treble clef. And some will be on the bass clef. And it's the same piece of music, but it's a different... They're reading different things, you know? Or... To keep it in the classical thing, you know, a trumpet player, pretty much everybody is looking at notation on a staff. But percussionists, we don't, unless you're playing like bells or marimba or something like that, we have rudiments that we look at. So it's the same concept, but it's a different language, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm going to leave that to those who are listening that <laughs> understand the language that you're talking because I like every time I feel like every other word I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the language we speak mutually, you know, it's great. Um, all right. So right now that's the that's the music you're doing in your in your day to day in in terms of making it mm-hmm. and you're in. Actually, I'd rather hear it in your words. Like what? Because you were in a band called the Ohms. Ohms the band? Just Ohms. Just yeah. Ohms? Okay. I get that confused with the Ohms the band. I mean, Ohms is taken. Yeah. So we had the, you know, the band. You got to do what you got to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, yeah, <laughs> I think in, when I've told people about your band, and I've, I've always been like, yeah, they're called the Ohms or, or Ohms. I don't like some <laughs> like that. But it was awesome because I remember when you changed the name from the name that I still can't remember. Blue even though Rivera. Yeah, Blue Rivera, even though, like, that's been your name longer than mm-hmm. Ohms. Uh, and you were like, I was like, why did you change the name? Like, people, you, you, <laughs> like I'd just gotten done. Or no, I was like, why did you change your name from? And you were like, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. Um, but uh, in your, so you, you play bass in the Ohms. Just, just Ohms. <laughs> <laughs> we're switching our names, guys. <laughs> the Ohms now. <laughs> it's been decided, yes. <laughs> I just my brain uh, many times throughout this conversation has gone gone to uh, <laughs> what li- what lies between these cheeks. <laughs> I laughed so long for that when you said that. I was like, oh god. And anyone listen? Oh yeah, yeah. So salty. <laughs> oh lord <sighs> great uh great choice for uh podcast snack there <laughs> i wanted to get your take on it because i used to eat those as a kid and i hadn't found them in a while 
it was at H-E-B, and I just saw them. I was like, what the fuck? And picked them up, and was like, mm-hmm. That was all me. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> picked them up, and wasn't sure if I was going to like them. And then I just had one, and I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. I like them even better now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that last one hit hard. I don't know why that hit hard. But um, but at home, I can just eat, like, three of those things in one sitting. Oh, so good. You're, I'm addicted I, to salt. Hey, enjoy, enjoy what you enjoy, you know? Um, okay, so ohms, mm-hmm. you play bass. Um, and do you, like, first, I, I'm, I'm curious for you to, or I'd like for you to, like, talk about, like, your role in the band and, like, what you do in the music-making process. Play bass. I don't okay. make the music. That's, uh, that's Alex's thing. He'll come with a structure and then an idea and then we'll all play it and play around with it and then people will throw out ideas of maybe we should do this and let's do this instead and yeah so okay. it's really Alex's music who, and he comes with the structure and the idea and we just build on it do you um, do any uh, music making outside of that no not really I've never been a writer of music. I wish I had been, um, but never been a writer. No, it's always a drummer, which I'm okay with. I'm a, I wish I could write, but I'm okay with just following and adding my own taste, my own flavor to things. Yeah. No, shit. Got to have drummers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so outside of the band then, like it's, you were saying that you were mostly a consumer. Like what? I don't know. Give me that. Give me that broad overview of like what do you like to listen to? Ooh. It'd be easier to say I don't like hip hop or rap. Okay. Or EDM. Or pop. There's some pop mm-hmm. that I'll take. I mean that's catchy. Not modern pop. Okay. Some pop that's considered like back in you know like Beat It would be considered pop. Right, or like Britney Spears. Fuck. <laughs> um, I remember having such a crush on her. My sister had her first Who CD. Didn't? Yeah, I was like nine or some shit. I don't know when that first album came what out. What a wee lad. I just remember staring at her CD and being like, oh, she's hot. Um, but yeah, um, really listened to a lot of different things. I only have, I have Spotify and I have one playlist. That playlist has. Can I check? Yeah. No phones allowed. Okay, I'm too gay. <laughs> uh, let's see. I was listening to Requiem on the way here. Yeah, I, I mean, that shit was bumping when you were pulling up. All right, so I have one playlist with 88 hours and 25 minutes of music, and it's all over the place. It's like country. Latin, indie. It's all over the place. How do you go about listening to it? Do you just put it on shuffle and let it rip? Yeah, so I'll put it on shuffle and either just let it play and be content or put it on shuffle and be like, no, not this one, no, not this one, no, not this one. And then when I come across a song, be like, oh, this is a good song. Man, this album was really good. Let me go to that album. So it's more of like, 
I suck at getting in the car and being like, who do I want to listen to? Because mm. I'm really bad at coming up with things off the top of my head. So instead, I'll let my playlist just go through its thing. And then whenever I come across something, I'll be like, oh, man, yeah, that was a great song. Let me go to that album and listen to that album. Because I'm really an album guy. I don't listen to, like, singles. Oh, what, is, what does an album do for you? Because you, you are also the owner of a... Uh vinyl record player and all that fun stuff yeah i've always seen that and been like you're such a fancy boy (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know why i've always listened to albums uh and when i say albums i mean albums from start to finish right i don't know once again i can go deep and say because it's what the artist wanted us to do it's a story but not all that shit's a story it's just how I used to listen to it, and you buy a CD, and you put the Nirvana CD in, and it plays from start to finish, and then I got used to listening to the songs in that order, so, yeah. So, I'm not yeah. a huge fan of singles, and even, like, releasing singles, I'm not a huge fan of it. I get it for promotional points, but I'm very against releasing singles for the hell of releasing singles, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's where the world's going to these days, these damn kids. Well, it sounds like that might be like the, maybe I'm taking a, taking a leap, a little jump here, but it's like the, the commercial side of it kind of. Absolutely. Ruins the, the experience of the music. Absolutely. I think, I think a lot of it has to do with, um, our fucking attention spans these days. You know, it's so short. I think just a single is just, when I, so hard to explain this when i'm talking about singles i'm talking about an artist not no longer releasing albums but just releasing singles every couple months Mm -hmm. it's just like here's a little thing that's three minutes have fun versus like releasing an album some artists still do it but mainly pop and hip-hop they'll do singles i've just never been a fan of that i want to i want the whole thing i want i want to experience it all from start to finish even if it's not a story i want to be able to put it on and be in that mindset for a little bit not just for three minutes yeah so yeah do you uh, like do you think that the whole like (coughs) listening to a whole album out um instead of listening to like maybe one or two songs off of an album like obviously it's a different experience because it's longer there's different you know you're getting more or less and all that stuff but what does that that like whole experience do rather than those like single songs here and there well if you're asking that question i'm going to go towards more of the classic rock side of things okay because you know people would release singles back then but those singles would be on an album and listening to the album i don't know man it's just it's how they wanted you to hear it they thought about how they're arranging these songs on this album because that's the way they wanted it and sometimes it doesn't matter and sometimes it does you can't listen to a fucking single from the wall Ah, that's not true yeah you can but you can't just pull a random song off of the wall the album the wall and understand the wall you have to listen it's a concept album so you have to listen to the story the album is telling you or showing you or taking you through and yeah, it's little things too. Like these artists think about transitions from one song to the next, mm-hmm. and 
They put that in there on purpose. I mean, you know, I, I want to I wanna be a part of that. I bought a Tom Petty Holman Fever record not too long ago. I grew up with the CD. And I remember as a kid, I'd play it. And then I had to ask my dad because halfway through the CD, you hear him come on and he says, all right, folks, for those listening on record or tape, it's now time for you to stand up or sit down and flip the record or tape and hear side two. And as a kid, I didn't really fucking know what he was talking about, you know? But it was one of those things where I bought the record, finally, and then I listened to it, and they didn't have that part on the record. And I was so upset. <laughs> like, I'm literally listening to the thing you're telling me to turn over, and you took that out of his record. He put that in there on purpose. He put that there for a reason. That should have been left there, you know? Get off my front porch, kids. That's that's my <laughs> feeling of it all. But... Yeah, I guess why I listen to full albums in mood. I don't know. Just to be in that mindset for that duration and not not be as ADD as I am and be all over the place with my playlist. Sure, sure. The it's it's funny as you're talking about this stuff, I see a lot of so much crossover between like photography and music for you. Like you're very detail oriented and like those like being intentional about those like little bitty things that you can tweak or or like add some intention into that like in the music yeah and like the in terms of like and you need the full album to be able to look at those things you need to be able to do the little the the little bit of work in or the little bit the the tedious like small things that you do in photography in order to get that full experience of the of the of the whole thing Um, i never thought about it but yeah Yeah, makes sense yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little pa- pattern uh, yeah. perceiving little boy over here. <laughs> you should have a notepad, and I should be laying on the couch. <laughs> uh, turns out that that uh, that form of therapy sometimes sometimes is uh, not the best for everybody, mm. you know. But one of these days, one of these days, I'll be I'll be a different form of that, yeah. you know. Hopefully, at least. But yeah, I've never thought about that. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, this is a. I want to drop this this question and we kind of hinted at it earlier but what if i were to ask you how do you make meaning in your life what does that bring to mind for you Mm. fuck i would hate i'd be a horrible politician like mitch mcconnell just staring off trying to think of my answer but i'd say just like trying to make myself happy Trying to, I mean, meaning. I'd like to do something that lasts, but really, I just want to keep my head above water and be as happy as possible. And do the things that make me happy. Mm. If that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. <laughs> my parents are very much of the mindset of they always quote Dave Ramsey. I don't know if you know who Dave Ramsey is. I think, well... Financial guy. Okay, okay, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents are conservative. And they've always had that mindset of live like nobody now so you can live like nobody in the future or some shit like that. Essentially what they're saying is like 
the way I see it is don't spend money now. So that way you can have money in the future and then live like, you know, while everybody else is working and you're comfortable, which I totally understand and appreciate. But at the same time, I could be dead tomorrow. So I don't know why I brought this up, <laughs> but, uh, hey, let it rock. but, but yeah, so I have the opposite mentality, not the opposite because I do believe that, but at the same time, I want to travel and I want to be, I want to do things that make me happy now because there's no telling you know, what happens to me in a month or so. And yeah. that would suck. One of my biggest things was going overseas. That was like a big thing that my parents never did. And growing up, I was like, man, I want to do that, but I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to do that. And then finally I did it. And I just remember it was like a big thing for me. And I know it's not a big thing for most people, but it was a big thing for me. Like landing in Ireland, I was like, holy shit, I finally did it. Yeah. And uh, it's just one of those things. Like if I died tomorrow and I never went over there, that would have been a big bummer. I would have been dead. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't have cared. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, <it's> just <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it's just, it would have been a bummer to not do the things I want to do while I'm, while I'm here, while I am able. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's amazing to hear. I I love that. It it sounds like you you live very presently. Yeah. I'd say, and that goes along the lines of master of none. <laughs> it's very much what has my attention sure. then and there, and then who knows where I'll be in you know the future. Yeah. Yeah, I like to live for the present. I like to live for the future too, but for the most part. When we're talking about happiness, I like to live for the present. Yeah, I almost think of it like a uh, like a Venn diagram of sorts, where the middle is the present, the outer sides are the past and the future. It's like they might shift a little bit, but for the most part, like living in the present is like should be the maybe I don't want to use the word should, but for at least me, and it sounds like for you that it should be like mostly present. Yeah. So you're you still think about the future because you got a plan. You think yeah. about the past because you want to learn from shit. But all the important shit's happening now. Yeah. That you can do stuff with. For yeah. sure. I like that. Hey, did you did you want to start recording soon? Uh, I, I figured we would just uh, sit there and whisper into each other's ears because this has been pretty great. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was a long warm-up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be some shit? <laughs> I actually, that is like a nightmare of mine that we have this like beautiful long conversation and then I didn't hit record. I mean, regardless. Oh, I, I've been there. Yeah. With music. Oh, I've been there to where something happens and something's not recording. And then like the perfect guitar line comes on. And then I've I've been that guy, and every engineer has been that guy, to where they don't admit it. They're like, oh, you know what? There was a noise or something. Let's try that again. But really, it was like, I forgot to hit record. You know, that type of shit. But You're just outing, like, outing all the uh, yeah. all the engineers yeah. to my to my vast audience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think that, I feel like that's a good place to stop. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like... This is, I don't know, it's like when I talked to Alex um, as well, I was like, I said right in the beginning, I was like, I'm so fucking nervous, and I don't know why I'm nervous to talk to someone I talk to all the time. Yeah. And then by the end, I was like, it just felt right. And then I went back and watched it, and I was like, that's exactly, it looked like how it always feels, just yeah. like, great. And I feel like this is going to be the same. For sure.
I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Of course. One thing that I forget to do as a newly um, christened fucking podcast host is do you want to shout out any um, IGs or plug things or anything like that? Because mm. believe it or not, people do listen to this sometimes. Mm. I want to thank Jesus. Oh, good one. My mama. Um, my Instagram for photography is emin underscore photos. Um, no plane hit the Pentagon. I will put that on there for the record. Okay. It's been like 85 surveillance videos taken, <laughs> confiscated, and we've been shown one that does not show a plane hitting the world or hitting the, uh, Pentagon. I'm going to throw that in there. Um, other than that, that's it. That is All the best, best way to end this episode that I could ever think. With truth. Hell yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. No We're going to fucking... <laughs> 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 oh my goodness.